יוני גוורד אקוסטיקס Ah, hey. 
da 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 Triada, yada, maya, mayada. Triada, yada, na. Aya, mama, mama. Adada, da. Triada, yada, mama. Aya, ya, ya. Triada, da. I'm still, I, I, everyone here should know, should know already that um, certain chaverim give us, give us fuel, like extra fuel. And um, <coughs> Yoni, I'm a Kohen, I could say whatever I want, you can't kick me out. Like, Enma Lassot. But certain chaverim give you fuel. I think, I, I think Reb Yaakov and 
I speak on behalf of, of Rabbi Yaakov also that, that Baruch Hashem, we're so thankful to have a chaver like Mishpachat Belas. Not, not about you, Mishpachat Belas. How's that? The Mishpachat. <laughs> and uh, there should just be such Shefa Bracha in this beautiful home in Yerushalayim, Yerakayinesh, where everyone feels at home. It's a Shulchan of Melachim. It's a, it's a, it should be a place where everyone that walks in here, like Rip Shlomo had a sign in the House Love and Prayer, that you, when you walk in here, you got a sense someone was waiting for you, and when you leave, you feel like someone's going to miss you. And that when you walk in lost, you walk out found, shtickle found. Wow. So that, that should be, it already is, I'm here for 10 minutes, and I feel that, so I'm sure every person that's here, Bezat Hashem, the old Me'ad, should have this Kirvat Elokim lead Tov in this home. Amen. 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 An actual Lachayim. Lachayim Tov Mersham. Anybody sharing with me? Lachayim, Lachayim. I'm reminded of something that you said on the podcast with Meaningful Minute about your shul. That when Rapsolmo said that when he built the shul, Sarah Weinberger reached out to, uh, to Herb Shlomo and told him that every time that somebody builds a new shul, you'll correct me if I'm saying it wrong, it's, uh, it's very special. But this shul here is Lanetzach. You're building something, that's it. It's forever. And the same thing with a house, right? A house is a little mikdash ma'at. This is forever. This is just forever and ever and ever. It's an amazing thing for all eternity. When all the Yamim Taivim are battled and we don't have Pesach anymore in Sukkot, the eternal Purim will be at this table. It's an amazing thing. So Mamash bless you with eternal Shefa and uh, always to share it with Chavirim Tovim. Bezer Hashem, such good Yidin in this room. Unbelievable. The camera should be facing the other way. <laughs> they're, like, they're missing out. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Let's sing one more again. Yeah. <clears throat> Ah uh-huh. 
I'm sure a lot of things are happening at Vaca tonight, but just this. At least on Rehov Ruvain. The names of the Shvatim in the streets. Unbelievable. I think it's dangerous to put Rabbi Yaakov and I uh, in a room together with like uh, an open conversation because it won't, these things don't usually end. <laughs> it doesn't end. Like it almost, it almost didn't end on the video. Right, people ask, a lot of chaver were asking me from the, from the Shilas of the so how, like this, you know, who scripted it, and uh, how, how, you know, how much hachan, how many hachanas did you have for, like, what the conversation would be, and, like, it's, it's just the Emes Lamito, we sat there, before we were being led to that place, and we said to each other, we have no idea what's, what we're doing, where we're going, what we're going to see, what's about to happen now, and it was so natural. It was so natural. It was the flow of Yerushalayim. You don't have to script. It's just the flow of Yerushalayim. It was just flowing. So, Yerushalayim harm savivla means there's no beginning and no end. It's just a, it's just a circle. It's a circle. 
Well, I want to share. I want to share one machshava. I really have one machshava. I want to share. That I just, I've been thinking about strongly the last uh, since Shiva Sabatamas. But when I allow myself to to zone in on it, I realize it's probably been the machshava I've had since since I'm born. But it just came out a bit more in the in the open. Just this this past kufa of Bein Hamitzarim. So it has to do with, with a, a piece of footage that I saw from Reb Shlomo. Probably, this is like maybe 15, 16 years ago. You see, now, nowadays, this is like pre when YouTube was big or you could share with things, things with people very easily. But back then, when, when one of the chevra got a hold of, you guys know, you remember probably, <coughs> you were around. When some of the chevra, Yonatan, you remember too, when, when chevra would get some footage that was like, ke'ilu, like, uh, you know, out of, the, out of a vault. It was like such a chiddush, and you had to bribe someone to say, can I watch this too? I'll trade you for this. I'll trade you for... I've had so many trades over the years of, I'll give you 14 tapes for one hour of video, like, all these different things. So when this, first, when this thing first came out, and I saw it, I stopped every mahalach in my life, to think about the following teaching that I heard from Rip Shlomo. And I struggled with it so much. And all it is on video is really like maybe 45 seconds of him teaching Rambam. Teaching Rambam. It was also the first time I ever saw him teach, quote the Rambam on video. And over the years we found a few different sources which, which may be what he was referring to in Mishnah Torah the Rambam. But you know, you could, pro- you could trace back very, very easily when you were hit by something really strong, like when you heard a nigun for the first time, it brings, whenever you hear that nigun, if you allow yourself to remember where you were, what things looked like, what you were feeling, even what you were wearing, mamash, like you could be transported immediately back to that, to that place. Like the first time I ever heard you sing Chidush like I remember where, like where I was and like these are moments that are meant, you have to just say they're meant for you. And it's almost like a, it's a chakika. It's inscribing something in you. And we all have, we all have those moments. Um, this, this is one of these moments. And what was the, you, you all know this probably. I'm going to sing it. He sang it. But it's, this is all I'm thinking about these days. And it's where I am right now. And I'm not going to pretend I want to give over tarlach that are beautiful, but that are not where I am at least right now. He said like this. Katuv bayada chazaka imoreinu harambam. Mekach omer. And you have to understand, like, just the fact, like that inyan of, that inyan of hearing something, he- hearing him say words like, katuv bemoreinu harambam. Baruchem abayim. The best chaver in the world are here. Oh my gosh, Jerry, Jerry, what did Corona do to us? What the heck? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Jonah, this is harder than walking up the shore. Uh, I would say it's comparable. Okay, Chavre, Bruchin Abayim. I want to just, I want to refocus quickly because I don't want to lose my uh, this train. Basically, he said, "Katuv b'moreinu harambam." 
that it's brought down in the name of the Rambam, that if someone asks you if you believe in Mashiach, and you say yes, and then they ask you, how's Mashiach going to come? And you say, I have, I have no idea. Then the way that he learned out the Rambam was that you don't really believe in Mashiach. Again, if you're asked if you believe in the coming of Mashiach, and you say yes, and then you're asked, do you know how Mashiach will come? And you say, I have no idea. According to the way he learned out the Rambam, he says, that means you don't really believe in, 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 in the Rambam, in, in Mashiach. Probably not the Rambam either. <laughs> I could cry just, just wishing I actually really lived these words. Says the matter is like this. Someone that believes in Mashiach means I believe that Am Yisrael, the Am Yisrael that I'm looking at right now, today, 2022, that they have in their power to bring Mashiach the way we look like right now. Believing in the coming of Mashiach is believing in the sanctity of Am Yisrael. So I'm like, okay, what did, what did that do to me? It flipped everything over on its head. Mamash, everything. Because it's almost as if the way that's learned out is that, that Hashem is saying, get to me eventually. Like, if you need, you, you'll get to like, believing in me for real. But there's no way of getting to believing in me for real unless you really believe that the Am Yisrael that you're meeting today has within it the power to bring Mashiach. That there's Kedusha and Am Yisrael today that they can do the job, that they can bring Mashiach. And then I realized that my hope, like a, an internal struggle has really been, do I really believe in the Am Yisrael of today? Straight out. Do I really believe that the Am Yisrael, not the moments of like, you mean, if I was hanging out with Jerry all day long, doing just one chesed, I would believe in the Gdush of Am Yisrael, apparently, not everyone has signed up yet, almost, but not everyone. But until that happens, so there's a pie, there's this distance, right? There's a, there's a little bit of a difference. And then I started thinking about who are the people that I know that I could say about them that I feel that their whole Indian was believing not just in God and strengthening my belief in Hashem and in the Torah, but that they believe in Am Yis- That line, Sheyesh bekocham la'avi et Mashiach. Who are people that I look at today, or that are not in this world anymore, but they, I know they existed in the world, and they left for us Torah, that I could say about them, they really believed in Gdushat Am Yisrael. And when you think about it, it's not a simple answer. We've had many tzaddikim over the years that have focused in different areas, but to be brutally honest, I'd have to push myself, b'shem kol Yisrael, to do a big limun tzchus and say, all the tzaddikim, definitely, definitely, it was clear to them that they believed in Kedushas Am Yisrael. And in some way, they did. But not many of them left me a Torah that I could say, this is the Torah 
that'll make me believe in Kedushas Am Yisrael. Because that's the Torah that I want. That's the Torah that I want so badly. <clears throat> It's Rav Cook. It's Rav Cook, and it's Rav Cook, and it's Rav Cook, and then it's a bit more Rav Cook. It just is. And Malasot. <clears throat> this secret called Rav Cook is uh, with all the svarim that have been written about him, and with all the Talmidim that have come through his base midrash and his son's base midrash, or Tzuras base midrash. It's clear to uh, the Gedolim of today that it hasn't even scratched the surface. It hasn't scratched the surface. And Rav Kook called believing in Gdushat Am Yisrael a miktsoa. Literally a miktsoa. A miktsoa means like a... Oh, gee, what's the right word for it in English? Yeah, yeah. In this context, yeah. It's a profession. And he says it's not a profession that has to do with like, your emotions, necessarily. Like, if you're feeling emotional, you'll develop it. It's literally a miktsoa that you have to dedicate a tremendous amount of time in your life to becoming a mumcha, mamish, a specialist, in the miktsoa that's called believing in Gdushat Am Yisrael. And Rav Kook says this in a few different places throughout the Svarim. And of course, in the last 20, 30 years with more ktavim of Rav Kook that have been discovered, you could see this in different places, in the Kvatzim and in Chadarab, all these different places that have been now shedding new light on the Torah of Rav Kook, you see that he keeps on... Saviv. There's <laughs> no beginning, there's no end. That's what it's all about. Believing in Kedushat Am Yisrael. And, of course, there are others. But there's no one that gave us a Torah. In teachings upon teachings, now he could have done it a little, a little bit more with simple language. It would have been easier for... Maybe not, I don't know. So many people meet the Ashim, they, they, get, they despair over Rav Kook because forget about the Hebrew, even when they, you get an English translation, you, you may as well go back to the Hebrew because the English translation is like, you know, just out there, just crazy. When they translate Rav Kook into Ukrainian, that'll be the big ticket. That'll be the ticket. <laughs> and everyone will understand it, even if they don't know Ukrainian. So there are a few pieces in Rav Kook that bring, they, they, they bring out this Indian so, so clearly, where you really, once you can crack through the words of it, once you can crack through the words, you understand. Now, you also know that when you're learning from someone who lived every word they taught, it makes it much easier to digest what they're, what they're saying. Like, if you would speak to someone that's speaking so much about Ahavas Yisrael, and they believe in Ahavas Yisrael, and they're running Achdus uh, uh, gatherings left and right. But when you ask them, what about that type of yid or that type of yid, they're like, no, 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 we, we have to also be clean. So it's not, it's not really everybody. That makes it very hard to take that person's word, you know? I guess I could, I could also say, like, when I, and this happened recently, and I'll say it uh, in honor of my Javier Lawrence, who I haven't seen in a while. You know, when I recently I was sitting with, with uh, I, I was sitting with um, Rabbi Riskin, and I was seeing how Rabbi Riskin was speaking about 
believing in Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. It was a context of some kind of meetings with the rabbis and the frat regarding a certain matter of Talmud Torah. And I saw the way that he spoke about the beauty and the, the necessity to make sure that everyone feels that the Torah is talking to them and that it's available to them. You were sitting in the room with someone that is one with his word. There's no distance between his word and who he, who he is. You should have and many more years of good health, Be'ezrat Hashem. So when you're learning with people about Ahavas Yisrael, and when you were with Rib Shlomo, the way he spoke about loving Yid and forget it, it was Qadum. It was so all these teachings from Rav Kook remind us that, and especially when he says that Ahavat Yisrael is a miktsoa. Now what's the miktsoa? How do I become a mumcha in the profession called, in, called Ahavas Yisrael? Because that's what's left for us to do during these three weeks. Like, wait, let's become mumchim in the miktzah called Ahavas Yisrael. That means believing in the Kedusha of Am Yisrael. That means believing that Am Yisrael can bring Mashiach. And I want to repeat that. Because many people speak about Ahavas Yisrael as it's something that you shouldn't succumb to judging. That's not Ahavas Yisrael. Neither is just ladun kol adam lekav schut. Judging someone favorably is holy. But according to Rav Kook, that's not Ahavas That's not real Ahavas Yisrael. That's not really emuna in Ahavas Yisrael. That's, thank God, not giving in to a bad yetzer. That's not Ahavas Yisrael. That's not becoming a mumcha in the miktsoa called Ahavat Yisrael. So again, being into Ahdus, speaking about Ahavas Yisrael, or even judging someone favorably. And I'm still struggling, and I'm, I'm just beginning to, to think about this a big, bit bigger, and I haven't got close to the bottom of it. Maybe you could help me. I'm not even sure if he would say that Azamra is Ahavas Yisrael in this context, although you can't live without it, but it's a certain Indian. It's a, it's a specific Indian. So what's Ahavas Yisrael? What does it mean that I really believe, that I really love Yidnim? What does it mean that I really believe that Am Yisrael has the, has the internet capability to bring Mashiach? Because I want to believe that very, very, very much. Last week I was in Tel Aviv for an event, and at night we were, I, was, I was walking around the pier in Yafo, and it was the beginning of the three weeks, and there were some massive concerts taking place by the beach, and there was a bunch of different things going on. And I had just started to think about Ani, and all I'm hearing is Ani Ma'amin Be'am Yisrael Sheyesh Be'kocham Le'avi Et HaMashiach Emuna Be'viyat HaMashiach Hi Emuna Be'kdushat Am Yisrael And I'm hearing that all day long. And I'm saying to myself, I, I'm starting to feel really low. I'm starting to feel really low because I don't feel it. And then I walk around Yerushalayim and I'm supposed to feel it more and I'm still... I'm not feeling it. So it, it, it forced me to really open my heart and be willing to say, maybe I have no idea what it means to really love Yidin. But Hashem, like I'm willing to admit, I have no idea. So it's not kavzchus, and it's not just saying I love Yidin. Then I found a mashal. Oh my God, I found a mashal. This mashal, I found it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a mashal, it's a story that happened to the Baal Shem Tov and his students, that it's brought down one of the Sfarim in Komarna. And anyone knows the Kamarna Svarim? This, this Sefer is called, I think, Netiv Mitzvotecha. 
Yeah, you know that one? Wow, what a story this is. It's brought that I never saw this story. I'm sure you guys saw this. I never saw this before. It really was, was a big chiddush for me. Very strong. It says like this. Baal Shem Tov, uh, his students, one time late at night, after they did Tikkun Chatzos, so um, they started saying all these things about Ahavas Yisrael, and they did Tikkun Chatzos, and they were sitting around, and the Baal Shem Tov comes into them, and he says, you guys have no idea what Avas Yisrael really is, don't you? He says, you were just doing it because you know it's the right thing to do. Now, we do a lot of things like that. I know it's the right thing to do to judge someone favorably, and I know it's the right thing to say that I love all Jews. I know these are right things to say. Meaning, I have it down in a certain level in my dot that these are correct things to do. But the Baal Shem Tov says, do you know what it sounded like in Shemaim? You're tikkun chatzos right now. You crying over Yerushalayim. You know what it sounded like right now in Yerushalayim? Upstairs in Yerushalayim Shalmala. The Baal Shem Tov says, it sounds like the wife of a king, who the king was married previously, and he has children from another woman. And it sounds like you, the Kala, you're telling your husband, oh, wow, king, your children are so beautiful. They're talking about the other woman's children that he previously had. He said, your children are so beautiful. They're so, they're so special. They're so precious. When you and I both know that you're just saying that to appease the king, although in your heart, these kids from a previous marriage are tearing up your heart and they, you, you actually hate them. But you're saying it because you know it'll make the king feel happy. Baal Shem Tov says, the king knows that. The king sees that. And it breaks the king's heart that you haven't gotten to a place that you could actually say about those other children that you actually love them. The way you're talking, the way you talk about Ahavas Yisrael is like talking about another wife's children that really in your heart they get in the way between you and Hashem. Now, I heard that, Masha. Have you heard that, Masha? I can't, I can't. And then, and then the end of the story is the Baal Shem Tov comes and says, Yisrael says, as he's talking in third person, his name is Yisrael, Yisrael says that Yisrael is holy. Yisrael says that Yisrael is good. Yisrael says that Yisrael longs to do the right thing. Yisrael says that in the heart of heart, Yisrael is very, very, very good. Very good. And at that moment... The Talmidim said that there was a Beetle Gzeira in Shemaim, and Baruch Hashem, there was a Hamtaka of a Din, there was a sweetening of a judgment. It's, so this is crazy. What were they doing, the students of the Baal Shem Tov? They were Kivyachal, doing something very holy, speaking about Ahavat Yisrael. But they were doing it because they knew that's the right thing to do. The Baal Shem Tov, like Rabbi Nachman told this to me, Talmidim, it's okay, you're doing the right thing, speaking about Avis Yisrael, but have you become an Ohev Yisrael? Has that become who you are? Do you believe in the Kedusha of Am Yisrael? So, Reb Nassim, it's amazing. Bibi Netanyahu had a great grandson last week, and they named him today. Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter was the Sandak. Rav Shimon Shapiro was the Makri Shem for Bibi's Einikul. The Yisrael, Nasen. 
Nassim. Bibi's grandson's named after Reb Nassim today, oh. this morning in Yishlein. <laughs> he was your mole too, right? That's right. So, Reb Nassim, based on the Rebbe, and I saw this by the Maharal also, speak about the beginning of discovering how you could actually love Am Yisrael, that it becomes who you are, is by understanding a simple fact. When you see someone acting wrong in Am Yisrael, it's Bemikra. It, it, it was a coincidence, like, it was a ke'ilu. It just happened to be, that's not them. That's not who they are. That's not who they really are. And that's something we've learned many times over the years. But I have to wake up every morning. You know how the Ramchal says that when you want to know what your point of life is, the matra, the tachlis of life is, so you have to write the tachlis of life on a piece of paper, put it in your pocket, one word, right? Whatever that is. And then you take it out of your pocket every 15 minutes to look at it. That's how he says you have to, right? That you begin your journey into understanding what you're supposed to do in this world. So I think that this concept, if I want to put one thing in my pocket during the three weeks, and this is a very low level, actually. This is not a high level, because the high level would be writing something else in my pocket. Let's be real. But on a low level, what, I, what would I put in my pocket every 15 minutes? And I would take it out every 15 minutes. It would be the following. Yisrael shechata zaya b'mikre. Zelo shayach elav. Like the Rebbe says, the whole Indian of Avera has no shaykhus really to who a Jew is. It's nothing to do with him. Zelo shayach elav. It just happened to be because of a million different reasons. I want to put that in my pocket, at least for the first week. We're ready after the first week of, of, of the three weeks. And take it out every 15 minutes and be like, you know, me included. When I fall and I become low, that's not really who I am. It's not who I am. Lo mishanema. And I'm saying this on a tefillah because I'm, I'm definitely not there, but I want to put it out there to give us koach lemaisa for avoda of the nefesh of right now. And then maybe the second week of the three weeks, I would, I would change that, that note. And I would write on that note, Yisrael... Am Yisrael has the potential to bring Mashiach. As if it's clear to me, keep on looking at it. 80 times a day, every 15 minutes. Am Yisrael, yesh bekocham la'avit Mashiach. And I look at those words, and I read them, I say them, over and over and over again. And then maybe on the third week, the last week, you know, of the three weeks, which will start, you know, after Shabbos, I was thinking about it, like, to just say, Emunah beviyat HaMashiach hi Emunah bikdushat Am Yisrael. I can't keep on sitting on the floor of Tisha B'Av saying maybe this year, unless I've gotten to this, like, this third level of saying, believing in Mashiach means believing in the Kedusha of Am Yisrael. So, Ribbono Olam. I'm, I'm trying so hard to remember that if I, fa- if I came short or if someone else came short, it's just b'mikre, it's not real, it's not really who they are. You see, have rachmanes on Hashem. Make it easier for me to believe in the coming of Mashiach, which means make it easier for me to believe in the Kedusha of Am Yisrael. Remember the story, Rev Weinberg used to, he has said this a number of times, when the Baba Verleba first came to America and they needed a minion on Friday night. You remember this story? This is an amazing story. The Baba Verlebe, when he first came to America, 
So after the war, so Bubba, what was Bubba? Where were, where were Bubba and what was Bubba? It's nothing nearly close to what, 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 what's happened since then. But they were in the city, they were in Manhattan, and they could barely get a minion. And he sent his, his son out, one, he would send his son out to go and get a minion on, uh, on Friday night. And back then, Yidin, that made it out from the war, many of them were not Meunyan to, to join the minion, obviously. Some were, but many weren't. One time it happened, they were looking for an Asiri, they found the 10th person on the streets of Manhattan. And this person said, I'm going to, I'm coming, to, I'll join, I'll make a minion, but be tonight that I'm chazan. You ever have that people in your shul? Yeah. <laughs> I'll come as long as I'm whatever. I, I'm so and so, I could do this, I could do that. I'm usually that guy. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can be honest. No, you're not. I'm joking, joking. Are you? I hope. I don't know. Hope not. What do you mean? So I'm joking. Worthy, okay, okay. No, no, for sure. Not. No, 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 he's not him. So this guy, so they said, okay. And, and by God, if this is what it's going to take to make a minion, we'll, we'll bring him in. So, and he came, Friday, you know, week after week. And then one week, he didn't, he didn't show up. So the Rebbe said to his son, okay, you got, go, go find him. Right? What was the Rebbe's son? Naftulchik, right? Was that the Rebbe's son? Or that was the Yid's name? No. No. Rebbe so it was, I think this, this Yid, his name was Naftoli. I think so. I, I could be getting it wrong. It's not important right now. The Rebbe's son goes and looks for a minion. Kovi, you probably know this story by heart. The son is Naftolchik, right? But the Chaz, I don't know what the Yid's he name is. He was the brother of Reb Shlema Babavar or the father? Huh? The son, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Naftolchik, yeah. The son. So he said, um, he said, uh, so they found, they, they were looking for, for this Yid, and they found this Yid that was Mashli Minyan every week. And uh, they found him smoking a cigarette Friday night in the streets of Manhattan. So the son, Reb Naftolchik, went back to, the, to his father, the Rebbe, and he said, uh, the Rebbe said, did you find him? He said, yeah, we found him, but he, he, uh, he's, he couldn't bring him here. He said, why? He said, because... Abba, Tate, Rebbe, he was, he was smoking a cigarette, it's Friday night. And the Bob of a Rebbe said, what are you talking about? Go and bring him. He said, the Deutsch, what was the? Deutschel. The Deutschel was smoking a cigarette. Meaning, who knows if this year saw his parents being put into a gas chamber. Like, we, we have no idea. He said, the German is smoking a cigarette. The German is smoking a cigarette. that's smoking on Friday night. The German is smoking a cigarette. You know, we have, we're living in a world where the fact that we're holding on to the fact that we believe in Am Yisrael, that we believe that Hashem believes in us, that's pretty wild. You, you got to have a wild imagination to be holding on to that. You have to have a wild imagination to believe that Hashem still believes in you. And that, he's in, and that He's really believes in Am Yisrael. So, I give us all a bracha, and please give me a bracha back to, to all of us, to the Bali Abayit, to all the Chaverim. Rabbi Yaakov, to you and to all the current Talmudim and future Talmudim in England, 
wherever they are, that um, when they, if they happen to see something that sees, seems to them to make it harder for them to believe that this Yid can be part of bringing Mashiach, to take the eyes of the Baba Rebbe and say, the Deutschen, the Deutschel, is smoking the cigarette. The German is smoking the cigarette. The Yitzhahara, the, the years of agony and pain over certain inyanim that Yid didn't have with Hashem, that's what's, whatever is, sorry, Joan, I keep on saying smoking the cigarette. That's what's, you know what I mean. That's what's on Shabbos. That, that's the diuk here. <laughs> that's, that's not them. It's the German, it's the Amalek, it's the Ishmaeli, it's the, it's the Masach Nasah, it's, it's a, a bunch of different things that can get to you here and can bring you to a place of it's not really me. It's not really me. Rav Kook says in, in, in other places, but the, the way that we develop this chush, it's not enough just to daven for it, and it's not enough just to put a piece of paper in your pocket. The way we develop the chush the sense that this becomes me, for real. Not like the students of the Baal Shem. Now, by the way, the students of the Baal Shem Tov, who do you think was in that room that night doing Tikkun Chatzos that the Baal Shem Tov ripped into pieces? Who do you think was in that room? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, it wasn't schleppers. It was, it was probably the Pinchas of Karitzer and, and maybe the Chernobyl or Magid and the Toldos and, and the Magid. Like, it's that kind of, it's, it's a big mikzah. So Rav Cook says... That, that, you know, those that are, those that are learning Raze Torah, Raze Torah, Secrets of the Torah, Pnimius Torah, those that are learning Pnimius Torah, we spoke about it this past Shabbos, that develops the chush to, to look at life like this. To look at life like this. And Shabbos, I was telling the Chavra that recently someone asked me, I, I was very insulted, I wonder how you would take it. Someone said to me, how long have you been learning Pneumius Satara? So why was I insulted? I was like, because in that question, they're basically saying, um, how long were you learning Chitzonius Satara? They're just not saying it like that, right? They meant, they meant, you know, they, they meant it, they meant it in a beautiful way. What's Pneumius Satara? How long are you learning Likutei Mara? What does that mean even? It's become a concept, this thing, Pneumius What does that even mean? So the way we learned it really from Kovi Shakoyach from Rav Sasson this past Shabbos was that learning, when I learn Torah, but I see it in the context of this brings me to Hamamin, Bikdushat Am Yisrael, Sheesh Bikucham Ravit HaMashiach, that's how I know it's Pnimius of Torah. And he brought a whole Mahalach. I know I'm learning the Pnimius of Torah if I feel that I'm more a cell in a larger organism. If I just see myself better, meaning even my own midot tovot, and I'm able to see what makes me beautiful, it's an important thing. That's chitzonius, that's not pnimius, the way that he develops it there in that mimer. So if I learn, and what comes about from my learning is that I feel more of a klal, or I, not that I feel smaller, but that I feel more in context of I'm a cell in a living organism, and my, the, the, the job of my cell is to function properly so that the whole unit can function properly. That's Raze Torah, that's Pnimius Torah. That's Pnimius Torah. It's not just, do you, do you understand Zohar? Or do you, you know, how well can you memorize pieces in Ishbitz? And we have more access today to Pneumius Torah than we ever had, and it seems like it's only growing and growing and growing and growing. 
but even like the Kotzker Rebbe he said, our Lashem Shemayim should be Lashem Shemayim, our Pnimius should be Pnimius. Our Pnimius should be Pnimius. And we should just hold on to each other really, really tight for these last few moments, and you could see the winks, it's happening, like we spoke about. It's happening more and more and more. And we should be privileged to be amongst the people that were bold enough and had enough, of Cook calls, omets alev, being courageously, courage of the heart, people that have courage of the heart to believe enough in the Kedusha of Am Yisrael that we see in front of us right now. Not the next generation. Not in, not in 10 years. Not in 30 years. Not hopefully our grandchildren that Golis talk. Hopefully our, our grandchildren, things will be good for them with the eyes that we see right now, that are in front of us right now, that we could look at every single Yid and hear those words in the Rambam, Believing in the coming of the Mashiach is believing in the Kedusha of the people that are in front of me right now. Israel, Israel, Betah Bashem, Ezra, Mezra, Umaginamo, Israel, Israel, Betah Bashem, Ezra, Mezra, Umaginamo, Israel, Israel, Israel.
L'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim. Thank you so much to Yoni and family for opening up their home to us. What a privilege. What a privilege. Ezez chut. What a chevra. If you're trying to do something hard, difficult, usually you start with like something easy and then you sort of work your way up in gradient shade, closer and closer to your goal. So if our goal is to believe that Jews can bring Mashiach, Hashem started us off with like the easiest group of Yidin. You look around like, yeah, I do believe that Jews can bring Mashiach, each and every one of you. And the light combined of all of these neshamas in one place at one time is not a simple thing. It's not a simple thing. I'm sure Hashem is paying attention to a lot of things in the world, but I think, I think we got his attention here. <clears throat> Sitting here from my vantage point, most of you can't see it, but across the street in like this level apartment, there's a gigantic screen. It's not what I was looking at when I, or I, was, I was reflecting on this, but somebody's watching something there on like this very, very large screen. And it's partially obscured by the trees. I can't tell you exactly what. Um, but just that contrast between what's going on in here and what's going on in there. I'm sure they're watching something very informative and useful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure. Um, but it's just a different world. It's a different world to sit in 2022 when we're inundated with technology and we're inundated with all this stuff. I read a headline. I think somebody at Google was fired because he claimed that one of the chat boxes that they were developing became sentient. It's like started talking with consciousness, like a person. <clears throat> so crazy stuff are going on. Like it's, it's wild. And to still <clears throat> sit with Jews who know the secret of being human and sitting with human beings and sharing an experience together, detached from anything other than what, what we're wearing, the chairs we're sitting on the floor or the table, but it's just us. Coming together for a holy purpose, I think, is a magical, miraculous thing. And so I just want to express my appreciation to each and every one of you for, for sharing that very rare experience with us. It's, it's part of the gula. It's part of the tikkun. It's part of the unfolding revelation. I want to speak with you, the siyata deshmaya, with Hashem's help about what to me was always the most painful Pasuk in Eicha. Now there are a lot of painful Pasukim in Eicha and they are painful for different reasons. Each Pasuk expresses a different facet of what was going on there. Obviously all outgrowths of the ultimate tragedy of the Beis HaMikdash being destroyed, but so much of what was going on then, it was, we can't, we can't, imagine, we can't envision it. We talk about the destructions, implications for us. But think about just for that generation, for that generation, what they experienced in the wake of the destruction of this physical building was unfathomable. How much unfathomable? So Eicha is a very painful book. It's a very hopeful book too, but it's a very painful book. But among all of these painful psukim, there was one Pusik every single year. I hear this Pusik, can't handle it. I just can't handle it. Because it, it strikes at the essence of what's keeping me alive, what's giving me hope, 
What's making me feel that I can make it to the end? What's the Pasuk? Pasuk says like this. Referring to Hashem, Yermiyahu says, Dov Orev Huli. Hashem has become a bear crouching, ready to attack. Aryeh Bamistar, a lion lying in wait. You tell me, is that a useful conception of God? I mean, like that's, that, that, that's the destruction of, of everything that I try to sell. I'm essentially a salesman, right? I'm trying to sell people a vision of a positive God, of, of a loving being that holds space for us and that's patient with us. And here you have a Pasuk that conceptualizes Hashem as a wild animal laying and hiding, waiting to attack. Ech, ech. How could, how could this possibly be? And so I didn't know what I wanted to speak about. And earlier today, I remembered, I sat down with the Eicha and I opened it up. This Pasuk caught my eye. And I opened the Sefer Imri Noyan from the Jik of Arebbe, one of the deepest, deepest, most glorious, gorgeous, beautiful, incredible Sfarim there is, Imri Noam. And he spoke about this Pasuk. And this is what he said. Rip Shlomo was talking about Pneumius, seeing things with deeper eyes. It's a perspective that we get when we look at the Torah through deeper eyes, which helps us look at Yiddishkeit through deeper eyes, Torah and mitzvahs, which help us look at Hashem in deep, with deeper eyes. And that develops a capacity to look at life, other people, Yidin with deeper eyes. So we need to put on those deeper eyes for a second. Says the, says the Jukhpur. Doiv oiriv huli. Bechitsoinius. On the external level, it appears that Hashem is this wild bear waiting to attack. But aryeba mistarim. Which means that on the level of Seser, on the level of Pneumius, under the surface, Hashem's an Aryeh. What's an Aryeh? There's another Pasuk about an Aryeh. And that's the Aryeh that Yecheskel sees on the Merkava, where the Pasuk tells us, that the face of the lion on the divine chariot of God was on the right side. What's the first thing we know about the right side? It's one of the first halachas in Shulchan Aruch tells us, right is Chesed. That's why we put on our right shoe first. Tie our right shoe second, because tying is gevura. Right is associated with chesed. Most people's right hand is strong, overpowering. Aryeh bamestarim, that on the hidden secret deep level, there was an incredible chesed going on under the bear costume, so to speak, was a lion, right? But but a lion that was incredibly, incredibly loving. (coughs) A lion that's connected to the pnei min, to the right-hand side of the chariot that's associated with a, with a tremendous amount of chesed. Says the Jikavar, all the different months of the year correspond to different capacities of the human being, different senses. And so the sense of Tammuz and Av, in terms of its relationship with body parts, is the right eye and the left eye, two eyes, seeing because the Jikavar says the secret of Tamaz and Av is all about 
What lenses are we wearing? How are we looking at things? Do we have the courage to peer behind the apparent bear and find not a lion hiding in wait, but a hidden, shining love that's present underneath all of the catastrophic, harrowing, turbulent suffering that Am Yisrael experienced then, each of us experienced personally throughout our lives as a result of the destruction of the Beis Dash, and throughout history, our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents before them, throughout the Jewish story, there's an Aryeh B'mistar. There's a, there's a book some of you may have heard of, it's called The Soul of Jerusalem. It's a book some of you, you heard of? The Safer Soul of Jerusalem. You wrote me about it once. Yeah, one time I wrote you about it. One time you wrote me about it. <laughs> right? The Soul of Jerusalem. Sir Shlomo, with incredible Siat Shemaya, compiled Rav Shlomo Kalbach's teachings on Yerushalayim. It's one of the most beautiful Sfarim that I own. It's one of them, literally, and I'm not, it's not Hanif, I, I mean it. It is one of the downright most beautiful, deep, relevant svarim that I have on my shelf. And I have a lot of svarim on my shelf. This, this, and it's, it's not just relevant for the three weeks. It's relevant every single minute of your life. Like the t- Shivasa Batamas video, by the way. It's not, it's not a Shivasa Batamas video. I missed it. Okay, I'll have to wait till next year. Shivasa I hope the Beis HaMikdash is not built yet so I could watch the meaningful minute. You could watch it every minute of your life. The whole stuff, because the whole thing is about being a Yid. Because unlike Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, Chanukah, Purim, okay, not so much Purim, but Tuba Av and everything else, which has messages that are specific to its Avodas, the Avodah of the three weeks, the Avodah of Tisha B'Av, Habalinu this year, is not a unique Avodah to that time period. We're supposed to be doing Tikkun Hatzais every night. Three times a day, we have a bunch of brachas in Shema about this. I mean, this is, this is the foundation of what it is to be a Jew. We can't live without the mourning over the Beis HaMikdash. Hazar Medima Barina, part of us has to be crying all the time. So this book is eternally relevant. I cannot encourage you enough. I'm sure everybody has three copies, but if you need, get a fourth. Get a fourth and gift, gift them to others. Can't encourage you enough. But in this book, it says an amazing thing. I think it's from the B'nai Sastrobi. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's from Shlomo. Strange name, right? Strange name for a month. That's all about terrible tragedy, right? Av. Av is a beautiful word. Av means father. Av comes from the same shoresh of wanting, lo'ava. Va'avisa tehila, right? Desiring. Av is an incredible, incredible height. How How does that fit? How does that work with the lived experience of this month, of these days? Says Rav Shlomo, is it from the Bnei Sassar? Does he say this from? Da'keda. I know a safer better than him. What are we going to do? I'll say it. And then, huh? Alexander? Says an amazing thing. He says, well, everything that you want to know about, you got to find the first place in the Torah that it comes from. Where's the first place that you find anybody in the Torah referring to their father as an Av? Avi. And the answer is, crazily enough, Yitzchak walking to that keda, right? Avram taking his son to be slaughtered, and Yitzchak is referring to Avram Avinu. Avi, Avi, Hineni, right? Or whatever the pasuk is, that was Avram. But he says, "I'm ready. We're going together," right? 
Ayase, where, where, where's, the, where's the sacrifice? Where's the wood? What's Pshat? Sir Shlomo put it this way. I don't know if it's inside the Sefer. Shlomo said, if you see somebody <coughs> hugging somebody else, it could be two friends. It could be anybody. Certainly you see a person, you know, hugging a, hugging a kid. It could be a nephew. It could be a family member, a cousin, somebody. But if you happen upon a person, okay, in this generation, not hitting, right? But really like giving it to a kid. There's one thing that you know immediately. This has got to be his father because nobody has the right to yell at a nephew. Certainly grandparents don't have the right. I mean, they wouldn't dream of yelling at the grandchildren, right? It's got to be a father. Why? <coughs> because the father loves the kid so very much that it's the father's role to sometimes step into that kind of experience where they need to really lay down guidance out of the deepest, deepest desire, out of the deepest love. So he says, it's not despite the pain of Av that this Chodesh is called father. It's specifically this month that's in his gala, that's revealed in the deepest way that a Kodesh Baruch was mamish our father. That a Kodesh Baruch was mamish taking care of us. He cares enough about us that he calls us up and he tells us, just letting you know, uh, you know, nobody else is going to tell you this type of thing, but, and that's what Av is about. And Tamaz and Av, relating to the eyes, means that we need to develop within these months the perspective to look beyond the Dove Orev Huli and to find the Aryeh B'mistar. I'm going to go one level deeper. What was the Beis HaMikdash? What did Chazal tell us that the Beis HaMikdash essentially was? What was its functionality? What was its place? What was its purpose? Chazal tell us that the Beis HaMikdash was the place where heaven kissed earth. Very, very, very beautiful description, right? The Beis HaMikdash was the place where heaven and earth kissed. And kissing means intermingling, right? It was an exchange. A little bit of heaven came down to earth. It was called El Yoinim Lamata, right? The fire came down on the Mizbeach and Tachtoinim Lamala, which means that we sent our Karbanas up in fire. There was an interchange going on. Much like Harsinai, where Moshe Rabbeinu goes up the mountain and Hashem comes down upon the mountain. El Yoinim Lamata, Tachtoinim Lamala which is also connected to a wedding, which is Rabbi Nachman says in Sikha Saran, that by a wedding, the minig is to do somersaults, right? Tumble sauces. Because what's up goes down, and what's down goes up. Because a wedding is a little bit of a Beis HaMikdash. A wedding is a little bit of a Kabbalah Satayra. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu took that away. He took that away. And Chazal tell us an amazing thing. That the Karbanas were battle that we don't have a place to bring sacrifices anymore. So we think that we close that chapter, and maybe we'll get back to it in a thousand years, two thousand years. Say Chazal, no. In the place of Karbanas, what's gonna keep Am Yisrael alive? Three tefillas. The tefillas that we bring are connected to Tamidim. And tefillas Musaf and Shabbos is connected to Musaf. And there are services that you and I are blessed with engaging in every single day that in some crazy way fill the place. And it's not just a zecher, that's important. It's not just like we're commemorating what used to be. Something so deep about the doing away of the physical Beis HaMikdash 
in the sense of what kind of chesed that might possibly have been was to allow you and I to step up and to become that channel, that conduit, that interface in the place of a physical building where all of that happened. Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. Va'asuli Mikdash, Vashachanti Bisoicham, says the Al Sheikh and others. It should have said, Va'asuli Mikdash, you shall make for me a Mishkan or a Mikdash. Both of them are called by both terminologies. Vashachanti Bisoichai, and I will dwell within it. But it says Bisocham, it's plural, says the Al Sheikh, Bisoch kal Echad vi Echad. Anima Amin, in Amisra. That each and every one of us can become a dwelling place for the divine presence within. And that this would allow us, in the absence of that great light that would have obliterated us otherwise, because it would have served that function, and it still is serving that function, but through us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu cleared a space. And in a, pneum, in a, in a crazy Aryeh B'mestarim kind of way, Hashem says, you step up. You step up. Baal Shem Tov said a very enigmatic thing. I was the only privileged to understand it even on a very rudimentary level recently. The Baal Shem Tov said that everything in this world contains three elements. There's a word I'm looking for. Three, um, like realms. The realms of Oilamais, Nishamais, and Elokus. Oilamais means worlds. Neshamos means souls, and alukus is godliness. What does this mean? Everything that you encounter, these three things. Olamos, neshamos, alukus. Godliness, souls, and worlds. What does this mean? So this is so deep. It's so deep. We'll just give it over very, the kids are. If you think about it, there are essentially three things. There is God, Elokus. There is the world, Olamot, Olamos. And then there are souls, which is the Jewish nation essentially, and by virtue of the light that they're shining into all of humanity, Kibesi, Bistfili, Karlachola Amen, right? Olamos, Neshamos, and Elokus. And he says very simply, do you want to know what your purpose is as an ishama is to bridge the gap between elokus and oilamais to bridge the gap between spirituality and physicality you become the chariot you become the conduit the channel to bring that realm of transcendent otherness down into the imminent presence of every single particle of physicality every facet of your life that helps us to understand our role as nishamos is to bridge the gap between elokus, divinity, and olamos, and the physical world that surrounds us. Like the Pasuk says, the Eden, the Nahar rather, Yoitzimi Eden, and a river flowed out of Eden, to saturate, to quench the thirst of the garden. Say this far, Nahar, is neshamais, right? It represents that element of the in-between, the channel. Eden is elokus and gan is olamis. 
So the Nahar, the river, flows out of Aden, which means that we're drawing down that spiritual light out of that place of Elokuz, to bring life into this realm, into the realm of, of this world. If we know what we are, then we're really able to reflect very deeply on the other two elements and realize again that there's essentially two things. There's the physical and the spiritual and we are the channel. Like the Pasuk says, Tzadik Yisoda Olam, that Tzadik is the foundation of the world. Everything that is in the heavens and on the earth below, says the Zohar Kaddish, Tzadik, was the pinnacle of what it means to be a Jew. Man da'achid b'shmaya va'ara brings heaven and earth together. That's what the tzaddik is. Ba'amechulam tzaddikim. Each and every one of us have a little bit of that inside of us. Ba'amechulam tzaddikim. Tzaddik man da'achid. We're the ones that are unifying, that are bringing together the elokuz down into the inyan of Olamais. What are the headquarters for heaven and earth? What are the headquarters for elokuz, godliness, and the world? It's simple. The Aseris Hadibros is Elokus, that's the revelation of godliness. And the Asara Ma'amaro Shebehem Nivra Olam is the world. It's the blueprint for the world. We have the 10 utterances with which God created the world. That's physicality, that's Olamos, that's the Asara Ma'amaros. And then we have the 10 commandments that HaKadosh Baruch Hu invested his spirit within. Anochi, Ananafshi, Ksavas Yavas, he wrote himself down, so to speak, and put himself into his own creation in the form of a book, in the form of the mitzvos, in the form of everything that is the world of Torah. That's Elokus. The first of the ten utterances with which physicality was created is the letter Bez, Piratius. And the first letter with which the Aseris Hadibras begins is the letter Aleph. Aleph and Bez is Av. That's the month of Av that we're in. The Rashatevis of Aryeh B'mistarim, finding the hidden chesed, somehow that there's some kind of kindness here, is the same Aleph and Beis. Aryeh B'mistarim. The Aleph of Anochi, the Beis of Bereshis. Letting you and I know that we long and we wait and we yearn for the Gula every minute of every second of every day. But if we have to put on the eyes of Tamaz and Av, if we have to put on the eyes of being able to look a little bit deeper beyond the surface to find how there could possibly have been a chesed here, incredibly, what we might have perceived as Hashem trying to crush us, dove huli, like dove orev, is actually making space for each and every one of us to matter in an infinite, infinite, infinite way. To matter in an infinite, infinite way. To stand up strong and proud, having had space cleared for us, and to try as best as we can to become a little base hamikdash in and of our own lives. To become a little bit of a dear betachtonim in our own lives. To become a little bit of a channel, of a conduit, of a place where heaven kisses earth in our own marriages and our own and our own parenthood and our own communities and our own friendships and our own learning and davening and in our own working and our own making a kiddush hashem being gentle and speaking with respect and and calmly and 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 everything that it is to be a yid 
So on the one hand, the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. On the other hand, this room is filled with 30-some Batei Mikdash. With each and every one of us having that opportunity through our tefillahs and through our avoida, which really only the Kayan Gadol could do, the Kayanim Gedolim, it makes space for you and I to stand up and to realize we got to yearn for the Beis HaMikdash. But we got to be little Batei Mikdash while we're going ahead and doing that. One last Nikuda with this will end. If you look in the Pasuk, this is so deep, Chavar, Mamash, one more minute. If you look in the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Dov Orev Hayali, Hashem has been a bear waiting to attack. Ari Bimistar. It says, Ari Bimistar. Not Arye. Chavar, Chavar, thank you so much for coming. Right? Ari b'mistarim, not Arye, but it's a Kree and a Ksiv. It's a Kree and a Ksiv. Listen to this. Mamash, one last thing. The way that it's written is Arye, but that's not the way that you say it. So you'd never know it unless you looked inside. If you hear somebody reading Eicha, what you hear is, Dov Orev Huli, Hashem has become a bear ready to attack. Ari b'mistarim, a lion in wait. But that's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk was written, Aleph, Resh, Yud, the hay is hidden. Amazing thing. What's the letter hay? The letter hay has two components. What are the two components of the letter hay? It's a dalid and a yud. The yud, everybody knows, is connected to the realm of chachma, the realm of intense spiritual energy from a realm beyond. It's just a dat. It's just a. It's just, it's a nothing, right? It's a point of seichel of chachma, of wisdom that's not even nispashik. It doesn't, it doesn't come down into being any other letter. It's just a, a, a tiny drip of godliness that descends into our world from a realm beyond. That's the Yud. And Dalit, everybody knows, also is Malashim Dal, which means poverty, which means having nothing of its own. Malchus is called the letter Dalit. Deles, Lemegar, Miklum. Deles, it has nothing of its own. It's the letter Dalit. So this is the most amazing thing in the world. Chazal tell us, Ki Hashem that God created the world with the letter Yud and the letter He, but two worlds, Olamim. What are the two worlds? Say Chazal, Olam Haba Hashem created with the letter Yud. Olam Azeh Hashem created with the letter He. But here's the deepest thing in the world, that it's not exactly true. Because really Hashem created the, the, the world to come, meaning Olam Haba, the world of a spiritual tikkun of a fixed realm, with the letter Yud, that's okay. But this world was not a hay. This world was a Dalit. It becomes a hay when we draw the illumination of Olam Haba's Yud down into Olam Hazeh. Then it becomes a full hay. This world really is just a Dalit. It's just a Kli. It's a vessel. It's nothing. It's waiting for you and I to stand up as the Nahar that's Yoytzimi Eden, Laashis Es Hagan, to put together the Aleph of Anochi into the base of Bereshis. And then it becomes a hey. So in this very pasuk of Aryeh B'mestarim, which is Rosh Teva's Aleph Beis, which is the Anoichi and the Bereshis, which is the space in Hashem's unbelievable chesed, paradoxically within the suffering, for you and I to stand up and to have a purpose, excuse me, and have a mission to do something incredible in this world. The hidden part of the word Ari is that hey that's hidden is the conjugation between the Yud and the Dalit, that we are called upon to step up 
in order to channel and bridge that gap. That's an incredible chesed. That we have a mission, that we have a purpose in the world. Olam Haba is going to be beautiful, but about Olam Haba, it's not just the time of rest. The tzaddikim are called Yelchum Michael al Chayel. They got to go, they got to work. Because how sweet is it? You can go on vacation for a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks. You're, you're, you're ready to get back to real life. It's, so there, there's a chesed in this. The world is broken. I believe that Am Yisrael can fix it. But what is our fixing? Our fixing is to become that Nahar, to become a place where heaven kisses earth, to become a person within whom the spiritual realm is manifest within the vessels of physicality. And if we can embrace this, and if we can keep our head up and believe in ourselves as much as we believe in others, and all of us need to believe in all of each other, we need to believe in ourselves. And to have a mission statement to know what life is about. Olamos, neshamas, elokus. It's very simple. We are the bridge. We are just the bridge. Bringing something down to a broken world. To illuminate it and enlighten it. If we can embrace this. Then the Eicha Yashva Bedad Ha'ir. Which is the first words of Eicha. Which famously spell the Rashi Tevos. Eicha Yashva Bedad Ha'ir. Spells Eva. <coughs> hatred, fighting. But the deeper svarim reveal that it also spells, that Rizal says, it spells bia, right? The deepest form of intimacy, the deepest form of oneness. We should merit that our Eicha Be'ezer Hashem through our serving as the unifying channel to bring about a complete unification between the spiritual and the physical realms. We should be zeichah that this year should be an Eicha of incredible, incredible intimacy of incredible exchange, of incredible embrace, like the Kruvim were, as Am Yisrael were leaving those gates that we sat in front of, the Kruvim were embracing. There's an Av here, there's an Aleph and a Bez, there's an Aryeb Mestarim, there's a hidden hay. there's an Av and a Tammuz, to be able to develop eyes that can look B'Mestarim, that can look deeper, that can find the B'Mestarim Tivchanafshi, like Hashem says, in the hidden place Hashem is crying with us. But his crying is already, it's already tears of joy because he understands what this whole thing was about. It's for you. It's not being done to you. It's being done for you. I bless us. Let's embrace it. Let's march out into the world in the three weeks to know. Avada, it's a time for crying. It's a time for yearning. On the level of dov, orev huli. That's real. That doesn't go away. That's painful. That hurts. But never ever to lose touch with the aryeh b'mistar.
We met, we met through the soul of Jerusalem. That's right. Officially. 
on a yeah. On we a, met we met through the soul of Yerushalayim on a Dov Orev Hayali level. I don't know. Ari Bimis Like, when are you learning Panimi? That's what I thought when you were asking that. Like, what? It's not about learn. Like, when did I open a book? Like, you know, you, it's my whole life, our whole lives. We can't, that's what we learned in the womb, clearly. All of the cover here, certainly. It's like you, don't, you don't start learning it when you open a safer. So, uh, our relationship started before that. But yeah, that's right. That book, that book, that book. I mean. He says there in that safer that the whole Milchama. That we're that the, of the churban is that olive. We still haven't figured out a way to integrate olive and base. That we still think there's tension between olive and base, between base and olive, between the world and the Torah. It's one of the first tires in the book. You really, right you really know it better than me. I don't. I, I, that, that I, I, don't I read it often. I, I really do. I take it out yeah. and I look at it, and it's uh, some of the strongest, strongest yisodos that we need. The base mikdash is the yisod, you know. So every tire about it is is mamish essential, essential, essential stuff, essential reading. Tons of that. Another thing about it, tons of the chomer in that sefer was Reb Shlomo was here every summer, but there was one summer in 1976 in Rechavia, on Rechov Ben Maimon, it was chevra of his that lived there. He taught every day in the three, kimat every day during the three weeks, pounded out kimat really? all those Torahs, yeah. What year was that? 1976. It was a few weeks after Yoni Netanyahu was killed, after Musa and Tebi. Wow. He had written right there, Uvduya, that summer, Uvduya Hashem Yeshuvan, and there was something in the air about, like, something in the air. What it was, but it was a sense of, Beshuv uh, Hashem and Shivat Sion, Jews, it's like, Jewish holy pride, and, and those Torahs were pouring out, and like, like, like 80 nunigunim during that summer. Every, every time he gave these Torahs, he was like, until he started teaching, it was like seven nunigunim. And he said, okay, I think we can. <laughs> and he, I think he was the, he was the master of, of unscripted. I, I wonder, I mean, he walked in knowing what he wanted to say. He said in that house, he said where he was teaching, he said, I tell you the truth, I stopped preparing. I stopped scripting. He said, because he realized that he would show up to a place after preparing, but if he wasn't feeling exactly what he was Feeling when he prepared, he felt fake in front of the. In he would say something the, else. He would say something else. He would sing something else at a concert. He would. One time, by, we were by Rebbe for Shabbos in Woodmere, and it was it was an Elul, and you could see he sent one of the chaver Sholom Yona. He was sent him up right before the drasha. He sent him upstairs to the office, and he brought down force farm. And then Rebbe was giving over a drasha, amazing drasha about loy velo, one of the rashi tables, and he basically said that he prepared a great drasha and it's not where he was at when he's about to give the drasha. So he... Said so something else. <laughs> he, he remembered something and he sent him and he brought it down. Wow. Yeah. Today there's also Baruch Hashem and that's what, what, part of what, we're, what I was trying to give over. Today there's a holy, a holy pride again. Yeah, I think there's a holy pride again. Yiddishkeit is in again. Maybe for the first time in a long time. Look at the youth, teenagers. It's in again in an incredible, incredible, incredible way. Needs Kalim. That's that's you know it needs. But there's an incredible holy pride and a feeling that we could do it and a feeling of tikkun and healing and things are coming together. Things are falling apart, but things are mamish coming together. Like while they're falling apart, it's just again with two, on two levels, right? On the inner level, things have never been coming together the way they are today. And uh, I think in those years, Hevra felt like we were playing short ball like okay it's this is it yeah. and it's happening 
Rav Kook, Rav, what does Kook mean? Kook in Yiddish means to see, right? Rav Kook was playing long ball. I once had a Rebbe of mine, Nebuch, you know, I, I love him dearly. He tells me, he says, if Rav Kook would come back today, he would say, oops. That's what he told me. Rav Kook, the implication being that Rav Kook, he ilu saw something happening and didn't pan out. I said, I don't understand. I said, Rav Kook gave you a timeline for like when, when his vision, Rav Kook was long ball, long ball. This is part of the game. This is, this is all part Rav of Kook it. Rav Kook saw Chalam Ben-Ari getting 3,000 people singing Cholem uh, Yosef. And you think this is something? This is, Rav, this, this is, is nothing. I say like this this, what, what's happening in the, in the Ummah, like Rav Kook spoke about in the Tarbut, in the Safrut, in the, in the arts. How many famous, how many Matzliach musicians in Eretz Yisrael right now are singing about uh, uh, Baby Come Kiss Me as opposed to there's something inside me, God, what do you want? A, a conversation with God. This is ma- not by fruit, mainstream. Yeah. This is what's happening. Vadai, yeah. vadai. They again, took it over. The chizik again is that we still haven't seen nothing yet. We still, we're, we're just in the beginning. But the Gula is the sun rising, kima, kima, slowly, slowly. It's a long, it takes a long time for the sun to rise. You wake up early, you wake up three, four in the morning. It's a process, a talich. It's a long process. It's mamish happening. Look around you. Look at these Jews. Look. It's happening. Mm. Our children, our grandchildren, they're going to see it. We're going to, and of course, we want to see it now. But a trajectory is in motion that will lead to the fixing of this blue dot. It will. The globe, meaning. It will. It's happening, and we're a part of it. So what a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming. Yoni, which way? I don't know where. It's, yeah. It's right. It's, it's like right here. And thank you, guys, on Zoom and on Facebook. Thank you, guys, for joining us. You were here too. You're also part of it. A strain of Hebra. Thank you so much.